No taxation without representation. 200 years of exploitation in the capital of this nation. No representation in the capital of this nation. 200 years of exploitation. Give the people their right to vote. Someone asked me, was it true? The voting rights of the district were long overdue. That was Sweet Honey in the Rock with Give the People the Right to Vote. Hello and welcome to Shadow Politics, an hour-long grassroots shop show, which will attempt to shine a light on the issues that you care about. I'm your host, United States Senator Michael D. Brown, coming to you live from the District of Columbia, America's last colony. I'm joined by my co-host, Marilia Duffels, and together we hope our show will start a dialogue with America about the issues that are important to you and affect the lives of all of us. Uh, Marilia is still on travel, coming back from Europe. Uh, she'll be on next week. But tonight it's just me, and I have a very, very important guest, Mina Bayek. Uh, Mina is a blogger at the Times of Israel, a commentator and a columnist, and she writes, uh, she covers politics in Iran, the Middle East, and the United States. She's written several pieces uh, on, this, on these subjects, and she was born in Tehran, Iran, and she's joining us from Oslo, Norway, where she lives now, and we're so thankful to have her on the show Mina, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, hello, thank you very much for having me. I'm honored. Well, we, you know, I've got to tell you, the first man that I ever worked for was President Jimmy Carter. And, of course, we remember the original Iranian Revolution uh, where they took hostages, and, and that was very much a part of my early political life. So I've always been con con concerned about Iran. And yeah. these protests that we see now, uh, that's really what we want to talk to you about, how these brave women are, are protesting uh, their oppression. So let's first, before we even start that, give us some sense of what life is like in Iran. Uh, the population of Iran is 87 million people, and it's 636,000 square miles. It's the 17th largest country in the world. I'm not sure everybody gets that. But what's it like for women in, in Iran today? Uh, Senator, it's, um, Iran is uh, very misunderstood. It's a religious dictatorship. Uh, and uh, it means that the government interferes in every aspect of Iranians' lives. So it means that uh, they force women to um, to cover themselves. They force men to 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 dress properly. They um, they they raid houses when uh, when when men and women are mixed and they are having a party. So they raid these houses if they are drinking alcohol. They raid the houses if a musician is playing uh, uh, by the side of the street and people are gathering to to watch. They the morality police comes or the police comes. They arrest them. They abuse them. They beat them up. 
So they're, um, you know, the government is interfering in every aspect of the la- of their lives, and also uh, at the same time they are suffering from poverty, from inflation, because the country is under sanctions because uh, the regime wants to build uh, a nuclear bomb or uh, is investing in nuclear facilities. All the money uh, that comes in, which is not that much now, uh, uh, goes to regimes, proxies and militias all over the Middle East, uh, to Hezbollah in Lebanon, to uh, to Houthis in Yemen, to militias in Iraq, and destabilizing the whole region. Uh, and if someone, for instance, uh, has a critic to the regime or whatever, or writing, uh, or writes something on social media, so the government comes and arrests them. You You have teachers, you have um, uh, students, journalists, uh, even influencers and athletes that have been arrested for saying something, for, critica- for criticizing the regime. They, they, they arrest them, they beat them up, and when they come to a breaking point, they bring them on TV and force them to confession to be a foreign agent uh, or something like that. So the situation in, in Iran is terrible. And it is not just for women, it's for men as well. But the women, um, women's situation is pretty bad also because um, they have a gender apartheid. They, uh, they, uh, the clergy officially says that women have less value than men. So they can ask for divorce, they can ask for custody, um, they get half of what, them, what men get uh, when they, uh, they, they get their insurance money, uh, they can become, um, uh, you know, president, uh, they can sing, they are not allowed to ride a bike, etc., uh, etc. Et so the situation is terrible. And this is a nation that's very young, very young nation, and uh, deprived of the basic human re- human rights. So it's very difficult uh, for people in Iran to live, and that that is why now they are protesting. They are protesting now for third week. Uh, tonight, I was uh, tweeting about what's happening in Iran. Uh, they raided the university where the students earlier. That was protesting. It was um, terrible images that was coming out of uh, uh, Iran. So we tried to share them on uh, on Twitter. So so the world knows what's happening in Iran right now. Well, is that why you're in Norway? Because you uh, criticized the the government and, and and you can't do it from inside the country. You can only do it from outside the country. Is that right? You have to be, yes. have to be yes. somewhere where you can safely do it. Well, uh, let yes. me ask you, yes. uh, is this, look, we see the women pulling their head scar- scarves off and burning them yes. in public, which must be yes. very, they must be very, very brave to do this, especially yes. uh, in a country that has, uh, uh, you know, people that, that, they have a, a job patrol. Don't they have people that yes. go out and make sure that you have scars on your head? This is crazy to us in the West. But so these women yes. are very, very brave. But are you? But you say that this is also a regime that is, uh, you know, uh, works against men as well. Are men supporting this this 
new protest? Are there men out there in Iran that are supporting this protest, or is this mainly women? Yes, when men are supporting Iranian women, they are standing shoulder to shoulder with them, fighting the regime. And we have uh, to realize, because hijab is the symbol of the regime, and they have been forcing hijab, and, and not only hijab, you have to cover your body too, you have to go with the with pants if you are a woman. So, um, And they have uh, been forcing this uh, dress code for over um, four decades. So, and um, and men are also fed up because these are their their wives, their um, daughters, uh, their sisters who are being abused. Uh, so men are also fighting uh, shoulder to shoulder with women against the regime and against its symbol, which is a hijab or or um, compulsory hijab, to to be exact. Um, yeah, they are fighting against it together. Well, is but this is basically what's happened recently with the 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 killing of Masha Amini, a 22 year old who was pulled off the street and sent to a re-education camp and then died. Isn't this mainly about holding women down? Isn't that what the hijab is about and and the other restrictions? Um, isn't it really about holding women down? Yes, they are holding women down. They are suppressing women, and they have been suppressing women for um, over four decades now. So um, clearly, this and they are discriminating women, um, uh, but they are also discriminating men. But of course, discriminating women more. Uh, but the hijab and this compulsory hijab, this has been going on for four decades now, and it's so good. Uh, I mean, it's as tragic as it is, but uh, Mahsa Amini's tragic death um, uh, it has caused the world to 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 focus and give attention to this problem we are having in Iran, which is like uh, which is enforcing women to cover themselves. Um, yeah, it, which is um, I think it's unique in the world. No, but no, no such country has. I mean, no other country has such law. Well, that's true, but certainly we see in America, for example, the same sort of uh, movement among people in politics, uh, certainly not as severe as anything that you're talking about in Iran, but we do see in America uh, the extremist religious people trying to interfere, interfere with politics, ban books, uh, you know, put certain restrictions on women. You probably know about the Supreme Court's recent decision, um, and 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 how big how big an issue abortion has become. Um, yeah. Um, so we see this happening around the world. We see this uh, in other places as well, um, and. I think that, uh, you know, the Iranian situation is certainly the most severe example of this. But but let me ask you, the woman in, in question, uh, Ms. Amini, was Kurdish. Did this have something yeah. to do with it? Did it, did it did, I know, by the way, if you're listening and you don't know, uh, 
there's a population of 87 million people in Iran and 8 million Kurds. So there's certainly the minority population. They make up a little less than 10% of the population. So is was that part of the motivation, you think, because she was a Kurd? Uh, I don't think so. Of course, she can, uh, she comes from Saqiz, which is a, a city in Kurdish part of Iran. But this is not a, an ethnical, an ethnical, um, uh, what to say, riot. No, All, I mean, the whole country now is protesting. And we have been, uh, I mean, over 100 people are killed. So, and you see the protests all over Iran. Uh, of course, the protest started with uh, with uh, Masa Amini's uh, funeral at the Kurdish part, but then uh, very fast it 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 spread around Iran to all over Iran, and people are still protesting because and you know if you listen to what people are saying. Um, they are shouting death to di- to dictator. They are uh, shouting mullahs get lost. Uh, they say we don't want Islamic Republic, which is, uh, you know, this, the regime uh, is called Islamic uh. Republic. So they don't want that. So, no, it, yes, it, it started with her tragic death, but it, 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 this is not a, an, ethnic, an ethnical um a riot or a protest, it, it is something that concerns all Iranians from all walks of life. If you look at the protesters, you see they are old, they are young, they are rich, they are poor, they are, you know, they, they are tired and fed up with the system. Well, I can certainly understand that. Um, yes. And, and is that what's different about this? from the protests that we saw in the late 1970s, like the, the, the 1979 revolution. It's, I read in the New York Times that the uh, slogan for that revolution was bread, work, and freedom. And now the slogan is uh, women, life, women and freedom. Life. Yeah. 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 So, so that's the big difference that this is, 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 is really about women and that uh, it's getting support from men as well in Iran. Uh, what about the world? Is the world coming to your aid? Do you, I mean, we're certainly getting attention on this issue in the United States, uh, but are we doing anything to help? Uh, this is a very good question, Senator. I, I want to thank you for, for asking me this question because you know, I work uh, in the media, and uh, for a long time I've been uh, wanting, I, you know, I was dreaming about a media coverage of what's happening in Iran. And we finally are getting it, and the world the focus is on Iranians right now. But uh, to be honest, I don't think that the world is doing very much to help. Uh, you see, um, I was listening to National Security Advisor US of U.S., Mr. Jake Sullivan, and he said that we are supporting the demonstrators, but we are also uh, pursuing the nuclear deal. And uh, so it, uh, as though these two are the same thing, but they are not. They are the opposite of each other. If you are uh, helping the regime, if you are pursuing the nuclear deal, so it means that you have to um, take off the sanctions and give Iranian government money and 
by giving them billions and billions of dollars. So you inject money to a system of suppression. So these two are very different. And also in Europe, uh, where I live, uh, I have been uh, actually writing here articles asking the foreign minister to to condemn Iran. And, um, and she wrote back and said that we are ha- having a dialogue with Iranians and things like that. So I don't think the world is really serious to do something and help Iranian people. Please help Iranian people. Please stand by them. They they are risking their lives. They are being killed on the streets because they are doing the uprising. Please help them and stand by them. That's my quest. Well, let me ask you, you've talked about poverty and how this has played a role in, in, you know, people being upset with this regime and wanting to, to, to rise up against it. Have the sanctions, have the sanctions been instrumental in that regard? Uh, the sanctions that we have on our ground, uh, have they uh, really put pressure on this government, you think? Uh, I mean, it's clear that the sanctions uh, has uh, weakened the economy. There's no doubt about it. But uh, the thing is that when you see Iranians demonstrators right now, the protesters, they don't shout uh, uh, down to America or damn the sanctions and uh, things like that. You don't see uh, slogans like that that the government uh, all, all the time focuses on. They say down with the dictator, down with the supreme leader, death uh, to dictator, and these kind of slogans. So it, it that shows where they focus is. So you, I mean, by giving in 2009, we had an uprising. Uh, I don't know if you remember the the Green yes. Revolution in Iraq. Yes, yes, the Green Revolution. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and thousands and thousands of Iranians were on the street. And I remember they were shouting. They were their slogan was, uh, um, "Obama, are you with us or are you against us?" Uh, and it was uh, back then it was President Obama, who was uh, the United States president, and he chose to stand by the Iranian government. He pursued the nuclear deal. He ignored the protests. And he he injected money into this system. So, I mean, this is a system that's not working. It's killing people inside Iran. It's killing people outside Iran. It's killing Americans. I mean, they have taken, they started with taking Americans hostages. If you remember, the same year they came to power. And then they they continued with that. And even in Iraq war, they continued killing uh, Americans in Iraq through their proxies in Iraq. So the, these are these are this this is an ideological regime. If you want to inject money uh, into this system, you uh, you are not going to change their DNA and uh, how they are. This is how who they are. I mean, and I think sanctions. Um, Yes, Iranians are under pressure by sanctions. But, you know, when you inject money into this system, the system in Iran is for the people who are governing a system like a mafia-like system. People who are uh, having, uh, are working for the government I and mean, having good uh, positions, they get all the money. The embezzlement are billions of dollars. 
you know, it, this is it, it's such a system that people are living in. So they might get a little bit of money, but it, the most money will go to the to Iran's proxies, to uh, to nuclear deal, uh, to nuclear facilities, and uh, you know, and this dysfunctional military clergy system. So um, yeah. Uh, I disagree that by injecting money into the system, by taking off the sanctions, you you take the burden off the shoulder of people. But because they will get arrested again for not covering themselves enough, for for drinking alcohol, for um, criticizing the regime or whatever, that will not change. Well, given what you said, we're boycotting oil and 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 the world is doing this lots of places in europe boycotting oil from russia oil and natural gas because of the ukrainian situation should we be doing the same thing with iran should we boycott iranian oil um i think that that could that could be one solution of course this is a very complicated situation but uh, you know i remember when uh, in um, i don't know in trump era president trump era so i remember i was following the news on iran and uh, i remember they were counting uh, minutes for uh, for president trump to to go away so they could get their hands on the money and uh, so the sanctions would won't sanctions are off because they would think that the Democrats, uh, like President Obama, would uh, save them again uh, by taking off the sanctions uh, and pursuing the nuclear deal. Uh, and now Iran is selling uh, some kind. I mean, is selling uh, oil, and uh, I, I am the exact rem- the exact number. I am not quite sure, but something like. Uh, um, um, I mean, Iran is selling oil to China. Yeah. And uh, so they have, uh, I mean, the current government government has given Iran some kind of waiver. So they are selling a bit of oil to China. And uh, and, and the, the funny thing is that Russia is uh, taking, uh, is, is stealing this market from Iran now that uh, Russia is sanctioned, um, is stealing the market uh, to China and India. Uh, so the so the clergy or the mullahs in Iran they are having a terrible time because uh, the money is short. But but uh, but they think that this is uh, temporary because they hope to uh, to get the nuclear deal and to get the money and this, to get the sanctions off. Uh, that's their lifeline. Well, given the fact that uh, let's talk about that connection for a minute because we know there's. Iran has sent drones to Russia to help them. Uh, the yes. Chinese are buying uh, uh, Iranian oil. Do you see an alliance developing here, a political alliance developing, a new alliance, I guess, uh, between Russia, China, and Iran? Iran? Yes, I see that, and this has been uh, coming for a long time. You know, the Supreme Leader, Khamenei, he has been always had this, um, especially in the recent years, uh, 
after um, the nuclear deal um, was failed. So he, he always says that, look at the East, look at the East, which means that uh, he is looking uh, to make allies with Russia and China. And so we have been, um, you know, in the past years, so we have had major contracts with China and Russia there. Uh, and so they are benefiting from Iran uh, being so weak so taking advantage and this is uh, i think um, a new block rising uh, i mean against the west with russia iran and china yes it's definitely a new block and new allies uh, there are rumors all around the west that the ayatollah ala khomeini is in poor health um, yes. Does is that does that have any impact on this? You think you think people are standing up now because they see the central government being weaker? Uh, to be honest, we are watching the situation very closely. He hasn't been uh, appearing on TV or saying anything uh, before in 2019 uprising. We had uh, an uprising in 2019 also. Uh, he came to TV and addressed the uh, addressed the situation after a while, but now uh, there is no sign of him. So there is speculations that he is sick, and uh, there has been news. Uh, there, I think it was New York Times uh, that wrote that his health is in uh, poor condition. So we don't really know, but um, it's definitely is it. This is going to have an impact. Uh, on the situation, um, some say that uh, it, it, it may be a bad thing. It, some say it may be a good thing. Some say that maybe the radicals like the besieged or the revolutionary guards um, after his death, so they might come and, and make a coup. And some say no, by by he if he if he is gone, then uh, the whole system maybe uh, I mean uh, comes down. Also, so it's very difficult to say, yeah. But there's no doubt that uh, he hasn't been. Uh, he's uh, not appearing on TV. He's not uh, holding any ceremony or something like that, which is very suspicious for him. He usually comes on TV and having this arranged, uh, arranged ceremonies uh, to address the quote um, people. And do you think a coup would that change things for women, or would there just be another? Ayatollah, like this Ayatollah, put in power, and and do you think that do you you think that could bring about change if there was a coup? Yeah, you know, in the past couple of weeks, um, uh, I mean, in summer, it has been a lot of talk of him uh, appointing his son as uh, the supreme leader and the ayatollah. And the son is not uh, religiously or officially an ayatollah, which is like a religious, uh, uh, um, what's the religious um, title? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. And yeah, but there has been a lot of talk about his son recently, which is very suspicious. So when people say, I mean, some uh, commentators mean that uh, the son is going to take over. And if he does, he is a hardliner himself, disciplined reader. And he has this few very harsh, brutal, um, hardcore um, people with him. So 
it's possible that they take control and uh, it's also possible that uh, no, they lose control and people can get the power from them because now today I saw a couple of people from army, which is the opposite of a revolutionary guard, and came to social media and said that they will resist uh, the, the revolutionary guard and the killings that's going on on the street. Uh, in Iran right now, so it um, so it, it would be very interesting to watch what happened. It's very difficult to say what what is going to happen, but what is what we know is that the protest is going on and people are not going back. They know that if they go back, uh, things uh, will be the same, if, uh, even worse, uh, because the regime now is like a snake that's injured. So they know that if they don't resist, if they don't protest, so uh, everything will go back and it, it will get worse. So they are risking their lives, they are giving their lives because uh, they don't want this regime. This regime must go. Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute. I know that they're restricting Internet access so that, you know, I, I guess so. So. Uh, people can't protest, and also protesters are being killed. Any sense of how you know how large that is? How many protesters have been killed, and and what the is it the Revolutionary Guard that's cracking down on the protesters? Um, Senator, I've been uh, reading reports uh, from uh, BBC Persian reporter uh, that some of the people who are suppressing people. These are people who are killing uh, unarmed protesters uh, with uh, very barbaric methods on the street. I, I saw a video tonight that was shook, shook me up uh, when a group of this paramilitary attacking a young student, and uh, I, I am not quite sure if he's dead now, or. and it's on the video, it's, it's, and the video has been shared uh, on Twitter. So uh, these are some say that these are paramilitaries that uh, are uh, have fought in Syria and they have been transferred to Iran to fight for the regime. Um, and these are people who are um, good for combat. So you can uh, you can just imagine what the barbarism and cruelty that they use. And um, uh, well, and also, given that, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yes and yes yes and uh, uh, the last report I I read about uh, I read about a, a human rights organization that's uh, stationed here in Norway uh, and um, is very accurate and said uh, more than hundred people have been killed and many of them young uh, young girls just like Mahsa the same age many of them young uh, guys I, I have reports here of 15 years old 16 years old 17 years old kids who have been shot to death uh, we've just had uh, a listener write in from Vermont and she is asking given I guess what you just said whether you feel that you're in any danger there in Norway as you speak out about this publicly. Do you feel like you're in danger? Uh, yes, I, I have to say that I have, um, I am under, I have, the my identity is uh, uh, covered, I, I, my address and everything is covered, so I, I, to keep myself safe. 
yes, there's a security issue here in Norway. Even in Norway, for me, um, I was uh, watching Masi Alineja today, uh, yesterday on CBS, and <laughs> she was talking to CBS about the situation in Iran from a safe place that, that FBI put her. This is American soil we are talking about. She was put in a safe place. Uh, she is put in a safe place by FBI in the United States of fear that the regime would kill her. So you can you can imagine what kind of system we are talking about. Yeah. Well, I hope that answers your question, Carol. Um, this is certainly a different revolution. I remember yeah. you're talking about people calling out the government. As I told you before this show started, I worked for Jimmy Carter, and I remember American flags being burned in the street. I remember lots of anti-American slogans. Uh, you know, it really was focused outwardly. Uh, but it was, wasn't it a widely supported revolution back in the 1970s that threw the Shah out and brought the religious government in in the first place? And... And attitudes have changed enough that you think uh, there's been a, an about face on this, that, that, that people are now upset with this government. Is that I right? Think, I mean, uh, uh, I, I, I didn't quite understand the question. It, was it right to support, um, you mean, the clergy, you mean? No, no. I, I mean, it, it seemed that. It seemed that at, at the earlier revolution of the 70s had a lot of popular support. And now it doesn't, you know, the, this government that it created no longer has that popular support. It's no longer popularly supported. I guess what I'm asking is, are we seeing a handful of people stand up to the government, brave people stand up to the government, or do you think this is widespread? This is a widespread sentiment in Iran. Uh, Senator, uh, the the uh, this regime is very unpopular. I uh, I guarantee you because I follow Iranian news, and these people who are risking their lives uh, right now, those are so brave that they know they are going to be killed. They know they they will lose their life, but they they say that um, they don't have anything to lose. But, you know, if you watch the videos coming out of Iran, you see Iranians uh, on the, you know, shouting down uh, death to dictator from their windows because they are afraid to come down on the right. street. Uh, yes, and you see people, uh, you know, honking their cars to show they are supporting the demonstrators uh, who are on the street. And people, if they if they rent bullets, if they rent batons, if they um, suppression, you know, millions and millions of people would would demonstrate. But in India, this is a military, religious extremist government. So they are afraid. You can't see uh, thousands and thousands of people coming to to the street unless they know they they are not going to be shot. Uh, but at the same time, like I said, the protests started uh, some two and a half um, weeks ago and uh, I mean we are, we are going we are entering the third week so and people are not stopping they are protesting like I said they, they have been they are being killed but they, they keep going because they know there is no turning back uh, and 
And I remember, uh, I mean, I've been reading a lot, a lot about the Iranian Revolution of 79. And then you see that millions of people are on the street. That is when the army has surrounded there. You have to realize that. The army in Iran surrounded and people came to the street, uh, millions of people. And uh, I mean, not millions, I don't know, 100,000 or whatever. But uh, this is different now. This is a, um, this is a government that shoots people uh, and aren't people. They, they, they beat people to death. So these are paramilitaries that are good for combat that are uh, on the streets suppressing people. It's not a simple matter. But if you talk to Iranian, if you come to social media, you know, I, I, I give you an example. There is this singer, yes, Shervin Hajilu. Uh, uh, who sang a song about yearning of Iranian people for a normal life. Imagine that. He sang this song la- uh, last week, and the video was seen uh, what, 100 million times, over 100 million. Uh, wow. And, uh, yes. And then he, they have arrested him. And now the people are singing his song uh, to show that they are against the government. So uh, this is such a government we are talking about. So uh, we are having a very popular football uh, footballer. Uh, he used to be a footballer for national team, Ali Karimi, and he has one million followers. And he's he's speaking up against the government. He's not living in Iran. And you have you see that his post gets I don't know, uh, hundred thousands likes on Twitter. You know, these are people who are showing, and the people are commenting, thousands and thousands of comments that thank you for being our, our voice. Thank you for voicing our, you know, protest. So this is such a government. So given that, I mean, obviously, if you're getting 100 million people, you're getting people outside Iran and you, Iran, and you talked about, uh, this as a regional, uh, you know, uh, the impact it has on the regional is on the region. Is this a regional movement? I mean, Kurdish women protested in Turkey and Kurdistan. Uh, was that a, a kind of a preemptive to what's going on in Iran? Did that have an impact on what's going on in Iran? And is it spreading to other uh, areas in the region? that also cracked down on women in the same way. Yes, this is also another very good uh, uh, question. Yes, it has an impact on the region. Uh, you, you, I don't know if you followed the Iraqi demonstrations like a month mm-hmm. ago. Iraq was, um, yeah, have a, and Iraqis were on the street protesting Iranians meddling in Iraqis' uh, affairs. So, yeah, of course, people are fed up. I remember when Qasem Soleimani, Iranian uh, Revolutionary Guard general, when he was killed by a U.S. drone in Iraq, you know, there were Syrians who came to the street. I remember I was on Twitter, and it was, um, you know, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock a.m., and people in Syria, they came on the street, and they, uh, you know, they were dancing, and they were so happy. So it definitely has an impact on the region. And also, uh, uh, and uh, you know, a lot of people will be happy. And I am sure that this is like a renaissance. This is like uh, for us uh, to, to 
regain, I mean, to take Iran back, like demonstrators, they shout, we want to take Iran back from the Islamists. And this is what, uh, what, this is the impact it has, it will have on the region. Because many in the region, they are tired. They are tired of Iran's meddling and they are tired of war. They want peace. And as long as you have this uh, government, they are going to pursue the ideology. They're going to export uh, the revolution to all these nations. I was a kid when Khomeini came to Iran, I remember. And um, uh, I remember uh, when he said that I want to export my export my revolution to the country and, you know, to Iraq uh, to to the whole region and go all the way and take over uh, Israel. He wouldn't name Israel by name. He would say Al Quds, uh, which is the the ancient uh, Muslim mosque. So so that that's their dream. This is their ideology. So it has definitely an impact on on the region. Well, you know, I remember. I'm going to tell you a short story which really sticks in my mind. We had a woman that worked in our office who came from Saudi Arabia uh, to a hospital in Philadelphia when she was uh, 17 to have some surgery done because she had some severe burns. When the surgery was completed and she had recuperated, she walked out of the hospital with no money and, and nothing else, and she refused to go back to her, her wealthy family in Saudi Arabia. And I said exactly. to her, yeah, I, I said to her, uh, this must be very brave of you not to go back to your, to your family, you know, to cut all ties, because they cut all ties with her. And she said, why would I go back to a country that hates women? She said, they hate us in in." In, in Saudi Arabia, and I don't want to go back. Uh, you know, I hate to keep on beating on this question, but isn't this about holding women down? It, it doesn't that, isn't that really at the center of, the, of, of all this, the, the hijab po- patrol and the, you know, religious police and all this stuff? Isn't this really about holding women down? Yes, of course it is about, uh, I mean, it is not about holding uh, women uh, down. It's, it is part of their uh, system. Uh, and when you hold the women down, you you hold the society down. I mean, yes. uh, women are half of the society. So if they work, if they, uh, if they, uh, if they um, educate themselves, so the, the society will, uh, will progress. So by holding women down, they hold the whole society down. And exactly um, why they are veiling the women, they are because they want to show their um, what is that? They they that is the symbol. The the hijab is the compulsory hijab is their symbol. So they 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 want to show their symbol in society. And also they are holding women down in most of this. Um, Islamic countries, uh, and some of them worse than the other. So uh, they are having problems with, um, you know, they, they, the rules the rules are are not um, updated, and uh, they're, the rules holds women down. And uh, and if you hold a population down, so you can rule easier. 
if the population is enlightened, so they are having a lot of problem ruling. Well, that you know, my first of all, my wife would disagree with you. She would say women are ninety percent of of the the society because they do so much of the work. But uh, we certainly <laughs> see this. We certainly see this in the United States as well, right? We we've, we've just seen a Supreme Court overturn a decision which is as old as the Iranian of the original revolution. So this is a sentiment that's spreading throughout the world. And, and, and do you have a message to other countries uh, about this revolution? Do you have a warning uh, that, that, that they should be involved because uh, it not only reflects on Iran and the region, but also on the world? I think what uh, a universal message I can give is that women's rights are also human rights. And yes. in, a, in a place where they are uh, discriminating women, they will eventually discriminate men and every citizen. So it's a sign. So they start with women and then they go to other citizens. Uh, so one must be very careful when you see this, uh, these signs that they are holding women down. They are restricting them. So it's a very bad sign. So it shows that the society goes in a direction that the other people can be discriminated and can be suppressed and hold down, held down. Can women vote in Iran? Yes. You see, in the, the uh, Iranian women are uh, very well educated. They are, last time I read, about 60% were, uh, had university education. Of wow. course, there is no job. I mean, yes, yes, they are very educated. If you go to Iran, you see Iranians all over society. And that's not because, uh, that's not thanks to the uh, Ayatollahs or the clergy. Uh, we had a secular ruling in Iran for 35 years, and uh, and I remember when Khomeini came, he said that women should cover themselves, and he thought that uh, when they go out uh, to to them to universities, to schools, and also to to uh, public offices, and um, he thought that women will, would stay home. And a lot of women protested, and back then, and again, they were suppressed. They were men, armed men, who said that you have uh, suppressed them, suppressed their demonstration. I mean, uh, 8 March 1979, women, thousands of women came on the street in Tehran to defy Khomeini. Khomeini's, um, you know, uh, order for women to cover themselves, but they were met uh, with Islamists, armed Islamists, who said that you have to cover yourself or you will be killed. So there was no... And Khomeini thought that Iranian women go back, will go back to their homes and will not come out. But uh, Iranians, they, they put out this uh, compulsory hijab. They came out. If you go to Iran, you see Iranian women all over the society. They have been fighting 40 years to, to educate themselves, to get jobs. It's very difficult in a, in a system that discriminates women uh, openly, but they are fighting for their rights. So it's, Iran is very different because, you know, we have had a, a secular movement, uh, a women's rights movement uh, that goes back to 1900. It started back then. So, yeah, that um, 
yeah, I, I lost the thread. <laughs> no, uh, what was that's the okay. Again? I yeah. just, yeah. I, just, you know, I'm just wondering, given that women are getting fed up and they have the vote, there's no way for them to vote out the regime. You can't vote out the current regime. I guess you have to have um, an election, first of all. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's just the, that was the question, yes. Yes, they can vote, and the vote was uh, the voting right was given to them by Shah of Iran. Uh, they didn't have the right to vote, and uh, the first person who defied him in 1962, I think, I think, was Khomeini back then. So yeah, they can vote, but this is uh, it's like how can you vote out the regime, which uh, the regime is a dictatorship. So you can vote out the dictatorship. Each uh, four years, they are having these parties that, uh, or these people who are appointed by their leader, he, he has to approve them. And then you can choose between, between uh, bad and worse. Yeah. Well, we've certainly had those choices, too. Uh, many times uh, in American politics, people say that we're making the choice between uh, bad and worse. Uh, but we're, 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 you know, and I think, you know, if I just could add something here, I just think that people around the world, especially women, should join together and stand up with the brave people of Iran, especially the women who are, who are, who are I mean, I've seen women on TV cutting their hair in public, throwing their jobs in the fire. Uh, I think yes. we should all stand up with these brave women because, um, you know, what, what happens, uh, in one country often spreads to another. And we all, we all have a common interest in justice and human rights. Right. And, and as you said earlier, women's rights are human rights, but let me ask you, because we're running out of time here, what do you want to say? What question haven't I asked you? What do you think is important uh, for people to know that, that maybe we haven't talked about? Uh, I think we covered um, the most essential subjects. My quest, uh, I am begging you, um, please uh, support the Iranian people, Iranian uh, women, but also Iranian men in their fight for freedom, for, uh, uh, for dignity, and for human rights, they are giving. Uh, uh, they are giving their lives. They are risking their lives uh, uh, to get, uh, you know, to get rid of this regime and uh, to live a normal life. Uh, living a normal life has become the yearning of Iranian people. Please support them. Please uh, don't forget them. Stand by them, uh, and uh, do not forget them. They are. They are giving their lives right now on the streets in Iran. Well, I would say that that's the perfect thing to say, uh, and you're right. That is the goal, I think, of people around the world, and it's time for us to all pull together and make sure that human rights become universal rights. And uh, certainly uh, the, the people of Iran right now, the protesters, and especially the women, are an inspiration, should be an inspiration to us all to stand up for human rights. And I just want to thank you for the work you do because I know it can't be easy, even from Norway. Uh, it, it must be very difficult for you and, and you, you yourself are very brave 
for doing this. We're also so thankful that you came on the show. Let me point out to our listeners that uh, we're doing this show live. Mina has come uh, on the show, and it's almost 2 o'clock in the morning where she is. So she's really uh, uh, made a, a, a great effort to be with us tonight and spread this message. And we thank you. And we hope that you will come back as things develop. Maybe we can have you back later on. And hopefully you'll be able to come back and say that things are getting better, that you're getting support, and, 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 and that the revolution is working. Uh, so thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, uh, we hope to have you back again sometime soon. Thank you so much from bottom of my heart for inviting me and listening to me. I'm really honored. Thank you again. Uh, and yeah, I'm, uh, it was, I'm really honored to be invited and um, to get this message out. And uh, thank you again. And, You're welcome. Yeah. And it's, every week we end our show with a song. We dedicate this song to the brave women of Iran, of Iran and also to, to Mina. Uh, here's uh, Tracy Chapman with a song called Talking About a Revolution. Thanks so much, folks, and we'll see you next week. Don't you know you're talking about a revolution with the sounds?